telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan. And our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to dance to some music and we're going to talk about finding your spirituality in the workplace. One of the things you could do is uh, post the Mayan calendar where you work. People will be uh, enormously curious about it regardless of whether or not they understand what it is, you'll find yourself in a position of great uh, interest to others. Mm -hmm. And uh, today in Mayan is? Well, it's three chewing, and we got to enjoy our theme song for a little longer, which is uh, Mozart. And chewing is the monkey, so it's service of the monkey, which is the transformational energy from one thing into the next. And it's very much to be uh, remembering a sense of play in things, the service, <laughs> mm -hmm. the third tone of the monkey, the electric monkey, is that of uh, all Those the monkeys are about monkeys. play. Yeah, I illustrated an electric monkey once a long time ago. I had a little lightning bolt. There was a chimpanzee, and he looked very excited, <laughs> which uh, any monkey would. Yeah. So the idea of uh, finding, we've been doing the series on finding, yeah. which is very much, you have already found it. There's nothing to find. It's a very important factor. It's more to remember it or realize it or just to be it, but it's not searching. Well, um, It's as, there already. Yeah, I agree with that. And one thing that I had gotten for somebody in automatic writing many years ago in regards to finding your workplace or finding your uh, life's work is to not see it as something outside of you. Right now, we think of going to work as that eight or nine hours a day that we have given to somebody else, that we have removed from our 24-hour allotment of one day. And, and, and if you factor in the commute time, it's probably 10 or 12 hours. And all of a sudden, we've got half the amount of time in our day. It's no wonder everything feels like it's harried and not enough time for everything. One thing that I would suggest in the um, on the subject of finding your spirituality in the workplace is to claim back that time into your 24-hour day and make it all yours again. Make it all yours instead of this thing that you have sold to somebody else because you are always present um, for the time that you are here. It's not like your work time is a separate time. Well, as we said for the millionth time on the show, the day comes that you recognize that 100% of everything that happened in your life is your idea. Mm -hmm. That is a day that would be the Bastille Day in France. That is the day in which you are set free. Because mm -hmm. once you accept the truth that you have created everything that has ever happened in your life, you are the author of it, you signed your name to it, and that is reality, that you're creating this, then you have never, ever, ever done anything against your will, which is impossible to do because of free will. So if someone said, collate all these pieces of paper, you decided to do that, even though it looks like it was an imposition, even though that's not the truth at all. It's uh, all in how you look at it. Once you are on it, that you're deciding this, man, you've found your spirituality, and it doesn't matter if it's at the workplace or not. And so once you allow yourself in on that fact, wow, you're light years ahead. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, w I was even going to suggest if you work in one of those workplaces where you feel like you can't really express your spirituality or you don't have like-minded people with you and that you, you can't really connect um, on that level with people, consider that your monastery Consider it your cave that you are doing your spiritual exploration and do your job very mindfully and do it from the perspective of being fully present in the moment yeah. and do the, 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 the paper filing or the copying, whatever it is you do, do it with every fiber of your being, being fully present for that. I hear people say all the time that they can't really connect on their spiritual um, plane uh, while they're at work because it's such a low vibrational frequency. But really, if you look at it that way, that that was your monastery or your cave that you went into to isolate you because 
the people around you aren't particularly interesting or you feel bring you into a different vibrational frequency, you can practice all kinds of things, holding your own frequency, mm-hmm. meditation. It's, a, it's well, a great opportunity. Yeah, being fully present in the moment is the catalyst by which you can recognize that it was your decision there. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened is your decision. They're basically the same thought. Once you recognize it is your choice and that you've made this choice, the only way you can recognize that is by being present in the moment. Otherwise, you're caught in the monkey chatter about, oh, that's, that's unfair. Why are they doing this? They're repressing us. Nobody has any, you know, and on and on and on, which is just the uh, ego talking, just the, uh, uh, the chatter in the brain that keeps us from our peace and our happiness. It is only in the, 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 the moment is the place where you find all this stuff. It's much easier to uh, uh, just allow everyone and everything to be, and then you can uh, escape from this. Now the question would then become, all right, fine, so I found what it was I was looking for, which turned out to be me. What a surprise. Now that I found me, and I also realized that I don't have to do anything, all right, now what? Well, our enormous ability to decide you know, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. That's, in fact, all we do. We never actually do anything other than decide. Even if you were told to do this, and then you consciously are awake in the moment enough to go, okay, then I'll, I'll just allow that to happen. Then while you're doing whatever that was you were told to do, you've just entered another form of meditation. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, you know, same things we're saying well, from different points of yeah, view. Yeah, and I think bottom line is to become fully present at your workplace again, instead of seeing that as this time that you are reluctantly giving to somebody else. As long as you look at it that way, nothing will be fulfilling mm-hmm. in that way at job, at your workplace. If you don't include that back into your heart and make it be a, a, uh, a fertile ground where love grows, then you're never going to be able to find your life's work, the creative work that everybody seeks the fulfillment everybody seeks is not in the work, in the job. It's in you, and you take that into the job. Yeah, and no matter who we are or whatever it is that we're doing, that is still um, our method of getting to this more evolved being. It doesn't matter what it is we're doing. It doesn't matter how asleep we are, how unconscious, how unaware. Each and every one of us is on our way to becoming uh, an enlightened being and it is happening more and more rapidly mm-hmm. on our planet. There is such an influx of consciousness. Uh, so many of us are just becoming more conscious. Without, um, Not all people are pursuing, oh, I must study this uh, metaphysics. And, well, not everyone's doing that, but everyone is becoming more conscious. Yeah. There's, um, a few years ago, uh, you heard the word need constantly. Every... every um, news broadcast, every time you would overhear a conversation, every time you turned around, somebody was using the word need. It's relatively rarer in comparison to the amount that it was used before. And need is, of course, as we said, a very, very false premise. As soon as you say the word need, you have separated yourself from what it is you are describing as needing. This is the same thing, this uh, ability we have to uh, not hear ourselves, cut ourselves off from our own essence, and we do it so well and so often, but less now, far less. And a lot of this information is downloading through dream time because that's the place, that's the entrance for us, that's the easier entrance. Dreams will stay with you. You wake up and the dream is still there, and for at least the first part of the day you can repeat it, and the dream is all symbols of whatever's going on. I dreamt I got a new set of batteries, much more batteries than before, and I was sitting there doing the engineering on because the, the batteries were in a gigantic N or an upside-down U shape, and the, the battery on the edge. And I was going, well, why didn't the battery... The upside-down U rather than the right-side-up U? Yeah, which is a university, I believe. No, U, Y-O-U. Uh, well, okay, or letter U. And the, the battery that made the um, uh, crest of this thing you know, had to connect to the rest of the batteries for it all to work. And I was going, 
well, why didn't you just run a wire from one battery to the end? And the answer was it would put in an extra battery into the equation if it was done the way it was in the dream. So I wake up arguing with my dreaming engineers <laughs> more than once. We fired the entire crew <laughs> and we replaced them with the upgrade. That is the way it works. Mm, interesting. That's a phenomenon to talk about. The people in our lives that, uh, quote, come and go are in a way the same people, but as we evolve, then the people that come and go come in at a higher level. Yeah, one time I was seeing, uh, I had had a dream about these two friends, and when I woke up and I was writing it in my dream journal, Mm. I couldn't remember whether it was these two friends or these two friends over here, and um, I realized I always had a blonde friend and a brunette friend, and it was a similar dynamics, and we'll get to that in just a second. and I realized that we have cardboard cutouts of these assigned people in roles that we have in our life. And mm. many people step up and put their head through these cardboard cutouts. And that's also true for the workplace and the types of people in the workplace. The unresolved family issues will surface in your job. Maybe we could talk about that after this call. That's a good one. Well, let's do our call then. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Edith, how are you? Oh, hi, Edith. How are you doing? Good. And I just wanted to um, ask you all um, how you think somebody could be their authentic self in the workplace, because it often seems like um, people aren't their authentic self, or they don't really get rewarded for that. And I'm going to hang up. Okay. You know that... That's an excellent question. Go ahead, then I'll say a few things. Well, I think what it is is because we don't take our work time as being ours, we often will become something else, some drone, something that we think another person is purchasing from us. And when we start being who it is we really are all the time, that stops. That stops completely. And because right now everybody walks in there with this fear and phoniness in this front, not everybody, and I don't want to get into arguments about who does and who doesn't, but a good percentage of the people act um, like what they, uh, or they pretend to be something that they think everybody wants at work. And so everybody's walking around not being authentic anyway. And then when you go and become more authentic, everybody doesn't want you to change and tries to hold you in the box. It's like a magnetic field forms when any relationship, anything like that, there is a preconceived idea of who you are and <coughs> how you're going to react, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, the more authentic you are, the more you're going to be liked, and mm-hmm. it really is that simple. Uh, the more you are um, unabashedly who it is you are, the more popular you become if we... we Look at any of this. There is no one that has made it to the top by um, pretending to be something they're not. Well, also, when you start expressing, let's say, your spirituality at work Mm -hmm. or wherever, if you are concerned about what other people are thinking, then you're going to run into tangles about it. If you are unconcerned and trust the fact that who you really are has a place in your life and in your job, then you're going to find a completely different reaction from people. Yeah, a number of people have put up uh, the waveform generators where they work and have found um, uh, many people to be curious about that. Uh, people we know have um, expressed crystal grid where they work, you know, visible to other people. And uh, uh, the years and years ago when we were first talking about this, um, the people that aren't going to like you are going to find a reason not to like you. So it doesn't matter if you give them a reason or not. They're going to find it. They're going to make it up. It's going to exist in their reality, but not in the uh, uh, cumulative reality. So go ahead, do it. Just you know, put up crystals in your office. Put a waveform. Generate, That's a really good and, idea. And just be that, and you'll get a lot of new friends, is my whole point. And those that didn't like you would have found a reason not to like you anyhow. So the idea of uh, being your authentic self is the key to success. If we look at uh, Homer Simpson or Forrest Gump or any of the people that uh, just decided to, um, had no choice really but to be themselves, and then they were rewarded for it. 
that is uh, a truth for sure. Yeah. So being your authentic self is finding your spirituality. The reason we don't is the fear of being disapproved of. Yeah, exactly. And that's because we think that we are selling ourselves when we take a job. Mm -hmm. What's happening is you are exchanging an activity for a quantity of money, mm -hmm. um, a good you are pr producing something. It's not you that you're selling. It's your services that you're selling. Really, if you go into work looking at it like that, that everybody is of equal value and that each person has a different assignment and a different role. I remember one time interviewing for a job and during the interview, the employer kept saying, well, the successful candidate would do this and this and this. And then, um, little ways into it, I said, well, it's important, just as important that I like the job as you like me. Otherwise, you wouldn't be happy in the long run either. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, hmm, okay. Well, you would be doing this, you would be doing that. And in that moment, I got the job. Oh, yeah. People really in, inherently underneath everything like it when someone is true to who they are. Mm -hmm. Even if that person is irritating or um, overbearing, yeah, whatever yeah. that is, if it's really the true self and there's not this judgment and this withholding of it and trying to make it into something else, uh, that is something that people will accept ultimately. The classic concept of the villain is the person who is true to their dark nature, but that, that they're true to it. And yeah, that's therefore a, uh, a winning personality. We know that... Um, just real quick before you move from that, um, I had written in automatic writing what integrity means, and it was even saying that if a criminal believes it's right to steal, uh, and he really believes that, then he's really acting in integrity. Yeah. Now, of course, many people would not think that way. But that, but that um, if we are doing something that's not really what we believe or that's authentic to us, we're not acting in integrity. And most people really aren't when they're in the workplace because there's that fear that's installed with a thought form that if we don't conform to this mentality, we'll be kicked out of there. Mm -hmm. And we have another call. I just want to make the point that uh, when you go into 7-Eleven at 4 o'clock in the morning, the person who's in there doesn't want to be there. But more than that, they don't want to be there. They don't want you to be there either. So the environment that you walk into for a slushy or whatever that is that you walked in there for, lottery ticket, a Slim Jim. got to have vegetarian Slim Jims. What, what you would call that, green bean Slim Jims probably are vegetarian. Yeah. They probably don't have any don't meat in them. <laughs> yeah. But that concept. But uh, that, okay. that ambiance of the person not... You know, Nobody, being upset with few you. Few people love what they do. Yeah. Love what you do, and then things you love well, will come and grow in the garden. Money takes so, away right. from you, and that, that being so. Let's do our next call. Hi, caller. What's your name? Or, Hi, uh, this is Neha calling. Neha, hello. Hi. Um, I have wanted to ask, you know, the, on the topic of spirituality in the workplace, um, about the issue of confidence. And that, you know, confidence is, is a quality that you need to be successful at work. And this has come up in my workplace. So um, I wanted to know your thoughts on what is confidence spiritually and how does it re relate to the workplace? Well, well that's, that's interesting. You know, I think confidence really is rooted in being authentic. Confidence means that I am not going to withhold love from me if I do not complete this task or mm -hmm. meet these other people's expectations. And you can't really have confidence unless you know that you can trust you to love you no matter what. Yeah. That's simply yeah. put. Otherwise, you have to have some other kind of proof that will allow you to uh, feel that you won't be judged because lack of confidence is fear of judgment. And if you are totally convinced that you are unable to do whatever this is, then you have confidence <laughs> in your ability not to be able to do it. And that's really what counts. It is a belief in self. It's a negative or positive charge on that doesn't make any difference. You know, if at work or anywhere in life, if you are the one that acts like you know what it is, everybody will believe it, and that will shift reality. I've seen it countless times. Well, it's, it's the acting as if really opens that 
portal and allows the information or the skill or the trait to come come through. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Um, Acting as if. Yeah, in confidence, I think, uh, just to um, go back to what Neha was saying, so ma many times in the workplace, they're looking for, to me, it's like this um, inauthentic, is that a word, unauthentic, inauthentic cockiness mm -hmm. that's not really confidence. People often confuse that, that cockiness with confidence, and it's really often a fear. Either your complete lack of confidence or this overconfidence that's turned into the form of uh, trying to convince yourself and other people that you will do it okay or that you'll be successful at it. But if you get back to the bottom line and say, I'm going to love and approve of myself no matter what, you'll have real confidence exude out. And when we're in the workplace, we have this illusion that people can withhold resources or survival resources from us. And yeah. that's what causes us to then fear the withholding of that, which is going to cause us to withhold love from ourselves. Uh, aggressive? All right. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, aggressive is what the word you're, you're yeah, uh, David was uh, saying that the aggressive is what he's talking about. And that gets to this idea of ambition, too. Mm -hmm. This idea that we have to be pushed with this am ambition and fear instead of pulled through love. And we yeah. have another call. Yeah, Meha, thank you very much for calling. We'd love to hear from you again. That was yeah, an excellent question. that was a great question. question. And our next caller, hi, caller. What's your name, please? My name's Ed. Ed? Pardon? Ed? Yes, sir. Hey, uh, what can we do for you? I was just wondering about the end of the discussion of... Uh, the authentic uh, persona. Uh, what do you believe? Uh, I believe that, you know, I guess the world is a stage in a sense. We do have these personas for survival and these kind of so-called unauthentic kind of selves. Uh, what, 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 are you, what are your opinions of those? Uh, you seem to not really address those. I mean, I think for survival purposes, a lot of times we put on these faces and what, what are your f opinions about their validity and uh, their relevance? Well, that's a good question, because if I'm understanding Ed's uh, comment and question, clearly um, you're saying sometimes we do have to put on, oh, hi, look at this great vacuum cleaner, because that's our job. We put on these roles. Well, it's not so much the role that, that we're really looking for the authentic self. It's the authentic self in relationship to that role and saying, okay, I'm in this job and now I'm going to sell vacuum cleaners. This is something that I feel very um, comfortable with. This is my job. This is who I am. And it's the, the, the authentic self that steps into the role and accepts it. What happens is people get confused that the role is their identity. And, that, and we are taught in this world that our, our personality or, or the role that we play is really us. And I would say the trick to being authentic is to not buy into that and know that none of these things are the real you. They're just a manifestation of you in the moment. And then you don't have this fear and stuff coded into that. Because um, it is true, we do play all kinds of roles, and if we see them as roles, we can step out of them much easier. It's the same principle that goes on with us mistaking our thoughts for who it is we are. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, and this happens to us all very and easily. And our experiences, too. Yeah, well, same thing. Yeah, our thoughts and our experiences are not really us. Mm -hmm. And in fact, who we really are uh, can be quite surprising for us. We were talking about uh, our next trip to the Serpent Mound and the idea of a fundamental shifting in the way in which we perceive things. And uh, we are so easily tangled with our thoughts, thinking that, uh, well, that person cut me off, uh, therefore I'm very angry, and you, you stop being you, and you start to be the thought of being angry. Exactly. And that takes over completely. Very good. And you're lost in the... Um, my asthma, I had asthma once, but I gave it away. Uh, the, uh, the French call it uh, the... Amnesia? Well, yeah, it is a form of amnesia, this is true, but this uh, malaise, this constant idea of this uh, dreary weather 
this idea that everyone Ziggy is, syndrome. Yeah, everyone is against me. Uh, this, uh, I, I have to work at Seven Eleven at exactly, four in the morning. We're and I don't want to be here. Yeah, and we're identifying with the role or with the thought form of, of what we're doing, rather, rather than, than who we are. Seeing it as a suit of clothing that we put on, and then we can have fun with it. And then, yeah, and then who it is we are is what has fun with it. If we take it seriously and we believe it, uh, then we are caught in the the um, malaise again, yeah. which is a form of mayonnaise that's been watered down. <laughs> gross. See, but, I, it is. It's really gross. Now, a- another way to look at this, if anybody ever watched the show Third Rock from the Sun when it was on, and it was about four aliens that came down and, and made life on planet Earth, and when they would put on the role, like um, Dick, the oh, leading character, collected yeah. Beanie Babies or something, he just submerged himself into that. Everything that they did, they submerged themselves into that role, but in a very playful way, knowing all along that they had this different identity yeah. and that they're here on the Earth. This really isn't who they are. They're from another planet, but they're going to play and put all of their, their passion into that from the groundedness that that's mm-hmm. not who they really are. Well, let's say we walk through our life in much the same way. We realize that we go and play these roles, and we're not really from this limited 3D perspective of yeah. reality, but we're from this vastness, and that we're going to play and submerge ourselves and enjoy them, these roles, and learn about ourselves in the process. That's and that, bliss. Yeah, that overall process is the idea of coming here, to have experiences, which would be the roles, having these experiences in order to evolve. And then the freedom involved in that is the, the uh, Teflon trinity. Uh, we have experiences. Uh, all experiences assist us to evolve. Therefore, there are no bad experiences. Therefore, there are no good experiences. There are just experiences. Once everything is just an experience, you've stepped out of the mayonnaise and you're now into the sandwich. Now you're into the lettuce. Yeah. Let us Let enjoy us ourselves. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Ed, does that does that answer your question? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks well, thank for you. calling. We'd love to hear from you again soon. Yeah, it was yeah. a great, great question. Excellent question. Because that is true. That I yeah. mean, you know, there there are different facets, and one thing that we, or I would say, an angle that we come from here on Telepathic TV is to take these spiritual concepts and help you to apply them to everyday life yeah. rather than, than being, in, I mean, we can read a million books and see movies and they're very inspirational while you watch them, but often there aren't things that are really, really uh, tangible things that you can ground yourself within. You know, if you read a million books about halfway through it, You'd be able to pick up the book, just bang your head with it, and you'd have all the information. You don't need to read. So you don't have to read a million books to get that. To yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You can just get a really big hammer. But yeah. Okay. So the idea of finding ourselves in general, we have nope. another. Uh, the idea of finding ourselves in general is to stop looking. Mm-hmm. That's been the thing exactly. that has kept anybody from finding anything. It's not like Lewis and Clark. You know, well, I'm going to go find the Northwest Passage. They didn't know about it. It's the, we're going that way. We're going to see what's going to happen. Although it, in the looking, the looking does get us out of the house <laughs> where we can um, learn about ourselves along the way. It's never mm-hmm. the destination of finding ourselves, but it's the process of looking for ourselves yeah, that, that is. is the destination. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So the whole idea of, yeah, mm-hmm. very important concept. Mm-hmm. So this... Mm-hmm. Um, process. Yeah, another thing that I found when I was in the workplace, and I know you um, came more from the world of an artist, so you've never really worked in an office or had that particular dynamic, but I, I have had that dynamic, and I know that there are a lot of people out there that have um, this particular similar event uh, or, or circumstance that happens, but you go into work, and everybody is really uh, talking about playing the role of very low frequency, let's criticize so-and-so and and let's gang up against so-and-so and and talk about so-and-so. And And when we buy into that as as something real and we translate that fake little um, stage of roles 
and put it into ourselves and take it in and evaluate ourselves based on that. We're not really doing ourselves the best service. You can use the circumstances at work to help you to get to know yourself better and to practice your spirituality. It's a great place to practice. And I was mentioning a little bit earlier that our family dynamics, when they're unresolved from our younger years, our relationship with our mother or our father, if we don't resolve them to a certain place, we're going to recreate them at work. Instead of siblings, it'll be coworkers, and instead of parents, it will be employers or bosses. So you may want to look at any kind of situation you have going on at work through that lens, and you may gain a lot of insight about things that could be resolved. Well, inner human reaction like that is everywhere, and that is more the the picture that we are painting here is the idea of the echoing that goes on between two people, the mirroring back and forth between two people. Uh, regardless of what role it's in, this happens all the time. There's no possibility of not participating in it unless you go somewhere around the Arctic Circle and sculpt a house out of ice well, I th- and isolate yourself from uh, all other human beings. It's very probable that uh, what it is we came here to get, we're going to get. I don't think there's any exceptions that way. You know, uh, school well, is very there's much different like work also. And uh, high school especially is this um, hotbed breeding ground of inner human, inner reaction. All of that you can say, you know, finding your spirituality in school, finding your spirituality is what we're talking about here, you know, in that concept. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but what, what I'm uh, suggesting to people is to have another look at your dynamic at work because when, when we're little, the authority figures are our parents and they give us attention um, and reward often in money. And so as we grow up and we go out into the work world, we're looking for that recognition in the form of the promotion or the raise or something. And instead of it being about the raise or the promotion, often we will bring in family things or lack of love that we may have gotten from our parents and pull that into the workplace. And that leaves us open energetically and emotionally to take the fact that we did not get the promotion and translate it into a rejection on a deep level. Mm -hmm. And often people will go for that quote-unquote success rather than for the happiness. And it's much better that we um, define our success by how happy we are instead of our happiness by how successful we are. And the workplace gets us this often this competition that we have to continue to excel and and expand, or we're never going to be happy with ourselves. Pull the power back and say, what do I enjoy doing every day with my time? It's really not about how much money. It's about the quality of every day. Well, happiness has a lot to do with education. The concept of being happy, as I've said so many times, and I, whether or not I'm agreed with doesn't enter into it for me, but if it's not funny, it's not healed. Therefore, the more educated or the more healed you are, the more everything becomes a source of happiness uh, so that you can reach an echelon level where uh, what would have appeared to have been attacked is in reality uh, just an observation of the person's unhealedness and how they're tending to express it in that way. And so what was uh, interpreted by everyone in the room except perhaps you uh, was an attack, uh, but you perceive it as, oh, gee, that person was so hurt when they were a child, they really have no idea. In their reality, nothing has changed from that time someone just took their crayon, you know, to the, the day today, this day today, so that yeah. uh, you just feel badly for them, but it is flat out hilarious. So happiness has a lot to do with the level that you are functioning on mm. also. Well, so if it's not about competing, and it is about being you and your recognition that being you is all you ever had to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the more you understand yourself, the more you're going to understand everyone else. Yeah. And the more you love yourself, no matter what, and say, I am where I am. And that gets back to this uh, concept of confidence. 
let's say, confidence that I'm going to be able to uh, knit a sweater. Oh, yes, I feel very confident about that. Confidence and, and sure of yourself and backing of yourself, they're, they're two completely different frequency energies or what we call confidence. One is pushing through something, and it's this... this um, I'm not talking about true confidence, but the... Mm-hmm. Um, but the surety that I'm going to love myself whether I knit that sweater or not is going to have this exuding calmness from yeah. within me. And that is what is going to create the conclusion to that, to being a knitted sweater. Yeah. Um, it's the calmness. It's the fear that we're not going to get there that creates us not getting there. So loving to. ourselves and accepting ourselves. We're also going to be, get along with our coworkers better, too, because the more you love you and the more you take the family dynamics and your other issues and take them out of the workplace and deal with them internally, the more um, you are going to be able to understand that and help your coworkers and won't attract coworkers like that to begin with. And it does come down very quintessentially to the doing versus being. You know, it, it is not about doing, it is about being. And that's very, you know, once you're caught in the dialogue in the brain, this was an attack, this was this, this was this. Uh, and instead of existing in that place, recognize the fact that this is all a form of entertainment. This is all something you have chosen. And it's all something you may as well sit back, relax, and enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's good. As in, oh, the plane's going down. Yeah, look at the ground, man. I can make out the trees now. Oh, look at the surprised expression on that guy. Well, it reminds you know, me of that past life I had. That's, thank you, God. That's just what I asked for, yeah, the lady that yeah, lived that way. I remember that. Yeah. So this well, idea, uh, well, that's also, what we're looking for. Um, remember in the automatic writing from years ago that I did, um, an attack is just an invitation to play a low-frequency game, yeah. and you don't have to take that invitation, mm-hmm. which at the time was really groundbreaking. This was many years ago, but I, at the time it was like, I thought if somebody called me on the phone or handed an insult to me, I had to do something with it. Either I had to confront them, be strong and confront them, or if I walked away, I wasn't on my side, I was backing down and I'm a coward, and then now everybody's going to walk all over me. And I really thought those were my two choices. And being offered a third choice, that I don't have to accept the invitation, meaning I don't have to walk away from it and say, no, uh, I I can't deal with this, and I don't have to deal with it. I can just walk away. And to me, that brought such a great amount of peace to have that third option, just like you don't have to answer questions. Or the phone when it rings. But in this case, we We will. will. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Barry. I'm Neville. It's Pat. Pardon? It's Pat. It's Pat. Pat. Hey, Pat. What can we do for you? Well, I just actually wanted to share something with you, Neville. Um, uh, I wanted um, to share this with you. Uh, you know, I uh, I want to first of all say thank you because you may not know this, but you helped me get through a very difficult last month and a half. Um, I had a lot of things going on at home. My, uh, you know, I'm getting unemployment, and that got held up for seven weeks and I had car trouble and my computer died and all this stuff and you know usually stuff like that would really stress me out but beginning in January when stuff like this started happening I guess what it comes down to Neville is I've I've worked on the show and and been around you and Mary enough that what you guys have been trying to teach me for over 10 years has finally sunk in because whenever I would start to feel excited or start to think, oh, my God, and I would start to feel just a tiny bit of stress. Yeah, we've done that for a long. Yeah, I would see your face, Neville, and you would say to me, okay, Pat, this is a problem. you got to deal with it. Now, you can let it get you all upset and make you sick, or you can just remain cool and deal with it and just, just sit with chill, it and know the problem is solved and it's out of your life. Well, and that's very and good, Pat. You chose. Yeah. I managed yeah. to, he was telling me this before the show, so that's I very, I'm glad he called I managed to relax and just deal with the problems until they were solved, and I physically and mentally feel a lot better for it. Well, and thanks, Pat. And something would come up, Neville, it was your face I would see, and I, you would say to me, now, how are you going to handle this? Are you going to let it wig you out? 
and make you sick? Or are you just going to deal with it and just well, take Pat, it as it comes and deal with it? Well, Pat, thank you. And, and I would like to just expand on what you're saying because it's very important that it's really about anything that comes up. Say, well, what is in my sphere of power now? And if you didn't get the promotion, well, then say, well, what is in my power? My, well, what's in my power is I can walk away. I can uh, just let it go. I don't have to take the invitation for the low-frequency game. I can, I can walk and, and get another job. I can walk out right now, get in my car, and drive to California. I can do all these different things. Well, this is a very big picture for we human beings. Uh, many years ago, I was, pardon the eye, many years ago, there was the observation. Okay. I, oh, whenever you say I, it means ego. I've been looking at that part of me. But at any rate, there was the observation of um, a fear taking over people and putting them to sleep. And then uh, sometime later, I recognized guilt as doing the same thing. Guilt right. takes you over and puts you sound asleep, and then you're highly manipulatable. Uh, all manipulation is guilt manipulation. And uh, now it's uh, coming to that it's the ego that's the thing that is the uh, uh, chatter that's going on in the brain that keeps you from being the observer of reality instead of the participant in it. Well, and so that's uh, the latest form of what I'm doing in my mind is uh, watching for these little constructions and then um, okay. turning them off. And then uh, that allows that gap. And then in the gap, you can get to the next piece of uh, okay. your consciousness. Yeah, that's uh, very good. I, I have a different opinion um, about sure. this, this ego thing. We won't get into that. Maybe we'll do a show on that. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't feel that an ego stops us from anything. I think it's just noise that is the first noise within the cave of your innerness, the inner resources of your depth and spirituality and it's the first thing we pass and often people get distracted by it and say oh um, this is all there is but it's part of the journey and it's not something to kill off or any any of these things well, but it is the driving you know, we, uh, I know we uh, yeah that's coming up the ego is the driving engine the, the separateness it of it to just finish the point the separateness of it well go ahead then because I yeah the separateness of it is what drives evolution. If we were all one, if everyone realized, oh, gee, well, we're all God, then exactly. there's no separation. Exactly. Then there wouldn't be the movement. Exactly. So, yes, but there are other, the going beyond that, the exactly. next shift in yes. consciousness. But you have to, anything that we pass, and these are just two different perspectives. I think ultimately we're saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But anything that we pass through, can never we can never leave it and move on to the next thing unless we love, honor, and respect it yes. for its value that it came uh, forth. And I'm not projecting this upon you, mm. but I do know that this idea of killing the ego, the ego must die first, is really the opposite thing. It's going to glue the separateness with you. Okay, there's this weird, weird kind of a duck sound behind me, so I think it's it's Time a time for the duck. <laughs> yes, let's do the duck. <laughs> David, who is our sound engineer, uh, who is okay. being so kind as to do the duck. And if anyone in the audience would like oh. to come uh, and dangle this the duck, of course, we'd dangler. love to have you. He just yanked that duck right out of my hands. And we got integrity. And, whoa, gravity also. And we I'm got, scared. Yeah. <laughs> so integrity, which we were talking about in the earlier uh, call, the idea of having your integrity, which is actually being true to your own nature. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I am so. going to be posting some, some of my old automatic writing. So oh, that's good. If people, check out Telepathic TV because I'm adding so many things all the time. Yeah. I'm almost done with another deck that will help you to understand your beliefs mm -hmm. and how to change your beliefs and uh, what the blessing in certain situations were. Oh, yeah, excellent. And um, we'll have some automatic writing there. And we both have blogs now. Maybe that's where I'll post it. Mm, that's a good one, yeah. yeah. All the way around. And if anyone well, would like to join the uh, I got mailing list, because we're going to be announcing other things that we're going to be doing mm -hmm. shortly. You can join on every page on the website at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I got the word kindness, by the way. Oh, that is kind. And so kindness, 
it has its a place for sure. And you don't, and I'm not talking about the kind of kindness you do because you don't feel you're allowed to be, uh, say, your realness. Mm -hmm. But it's to allow love come through you so clearly and purely that it it just seeps out on across everyone. Just thought I would let everybody know that the new moon last month or last uh, week was delayed because of the snow. So we are having it this Saturday, the new moon. And on the 27th, Sekim, and then followed by Master Healing Techniques. And you have to have gone through some Sekim to do that class. Consciously Creating Your Life on the 28th. On the 1st, I'm going to do a four-week uh, beginning the Psychic Development Practicum Series, which is where we go into it a little more depth and get a lot of practice. And then a three-day EFT workshop on the 5th. And so contact me if you're interested in that. And then you're doing Charisma on the 13th, and I'm doing Divination Tools on the 14th, and we have a call. We have seven calls, in fact, oh. I'm told. So. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Five, then. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Marion Neville. This is Kelly. Kelly. Hi, Kelly. How are you guys? Good. Good. How are you? Good. I've been watching you guys forever, and this is the first time I've ever called oh, in. Oh, well, thanks for calling. But yeah. it's a... It's amazing because every time I um, tune in, you guys are always talking about exactly what's going on. So it's really fun. Oh, wonderful. But well, our spies tell us what to talk about. I know. <laughs> well, um, it's perfect because I'm basically in the process of transitioning from a corporate job to starting my own business. And I was just wondering if Mary would pull some cards for me. I'd be most happy to. Yeah. And what, what? It, it's also very interesting, too, when we encounter those demons at work uh, it's really our angels come disguised as demonic co-workers to kick our butt out of there because sometimes we hold on too long okay the first card the mind and and this is saying that perhaps this this whole journey of leaving and starting your own business you've um, worried about that or given it a lot of thought and then there comes a time when you got to let go of the thought because the, you can put a thought through the mind a couple times and it's great but after a while the outcome really isn't going to change, and it's like paper uh, in a paper shredder. And the control, um, I wrote an affirmation I kept on my monitor that said, I give up control so that I may find power, because our true power is in getting rid of the control and, and claiming the real power, and it's, it's going at things from a higher level. And I feel like you've, you are, are such a conscientious person, and you... You have everything in place, and now's time to just let go and let it let it go, like the the sliding board. It's time to let go and just let it sail down, and then the integration, the male, the female, the yin yang, and and I feel like maybe tying up some loose ends are, are going to be coming up, and it, it's great. I get a good feeling overall, and that tying up these loose ends is a metaphor for tying up these loose ends within you as well. And so look at things, this whole journey, as that metaphor, and I think you'll learn a lot about yourself, too. But thank you, Excellent. Kelly. I'm glad yeah. you called in. Yeah, we we'd have love another to hear call? from you again. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary Neville. It's Marsha. Hi. Marcia. How hey. are you? I'm fine. How are you? Great. Thanks. Good to hear from you. Yeah, um, I have a, a question for my reading. Uh, I believe that I'm being guided to take another step in my development, uh -huh. and I wonder what information you can give me about this. Oh, what a great question. Yeah. be most happy to. And I'm... Oh, did she... Is she still I there? don't know. Okay. Just go ahead. And we have got the next Serpent Mound trip planned. If anybody is interested, give us a buzz. I'm going to have information posted shortly. Well, the dream, isn't that interesting? Um, exploring your dreams, because I am um, in the midst of recording a really in-depth dream course, or two of them, actually. Um, but perhaps going into your dreams and looking at some of the things that are contained within that, not just dream interpretation, but perhaps the astral travel and leaving your body and um, stuff we do every night, but becoming conscious of it and understanding. And then understanding your source, going back to your source through literally taking your conscious mind into your journeying with you. So that can come in the form of journeying, out-of-body travel, dream interpretation, 
and um, by location, lots of different things like that. And that's, those are tools that are good in whatever you do, in your healing, because you utilize those. Okay. Oh, well, thanks, Marcia. Yeah. It was good to hear from you. We have another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, um, this is Lee. Hi, Lee. Lee, what can we do for you? Hi, uh, I'm a teacher in a public school and um, kind of a climate of fear right now. A lot of cuts, and actually I teach art, so um, the arts are and music are kind of, don't know what's going on, so I wondered if I could get a reading. Sure. Um, yeah, let me very quickly add I... the difference between fear and knowledge is the level of consciousness of the person perceiving. Very good, yeah. Yeah, so it's important to recognize it's not fear, it's just information. Yeah. yeah. And regardless of what happens, it's going to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. so. Well, of course, yes, yeah. I agree. Um, first thing I felt when you first started talking is I felt you're going to be okay, you're going to be fine with things. But if you look at this card, this is the card of the teacher that I often um, equate it with. The, the teaching, learning, the ripeness. But one thing that came to me as I saw that and that piece of fruit falling off the tree just at that perfect moment of ripeness, I feel like um, maybe um, in the same, doing the same thing, I, d I don't know if you could do this as a private consultant and maybe move around because I see something with your job about movement that would be very nice, like a change of pace that you could do from there to there. And if you looked at that and compared it with what you have now, you could always do negatives and positives, but that ultimately there, you're going to find, that's going to lead you to a, a much better place. And the thunderbolt is getting rid of old things that were holding you back, old limited ideas. And I'm not sure if there is a particular person or a situation at work that might have been kind of uh, a low-grade irritant, but I feel like whatever's going to happen is going to improve that um, quite a bit. So I don't know if you've thought of doing some independent type teaching. Okay, we have another call. Yeah, hi caller. What's your name, please? Arlene. Arlene, what can we do for you? I'm enjoying your show online. I just want to oh. let you know it looks very clear. Oh, <laughs> oh great. Thank you. Where are you, by the way, in the country? I'm in Maryland, but I'm oh. from Northern Virginia, so I used to watch you um, on oh. cable. <laughs> well, good. You're catching Wonderful. up. Yeah. I was just wondering with the theme, if Mary could um, do a reading. I feel like the universe is pushing me out of my job, and I just don't really know what, if I have a new career path or, I don't know, I feel something changing. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we got the mind card again. I think so, too. When, we're t when it's time for a change, we'll get bored. If we don't hear it, then it starts turning into uh, this situation that you can't quite um, clear out. And then if you don't hear it from there, your angels come disguised as demonic co-workers to kick your butt out of there, like I was saying. Oh, look, we got these two exact cards before. And this is saying that you have made up your mind, that you want something that's more fulfilling. I feel that whatever it is you're doing right now is taking care of half of something, but that there's this whole other half that's not being taken care of. And if we put those in the category of um, left brain numbers and right brain creativity or power or freedom, that there, it feels incomplete. I, I keep seeing something wobbling there and that what you're looking for is something more um, that will let your true spirit come out. You've got a lot of creative force and a lot of power and managerial ability and maybe not in the form that comes in your mind when you first think about it and that is something that's going to be opening up for you. I'm even thinking well, in the next three or four months things are going to um, start crystallizing about what you want and next year I really feel like there's some big changes in a good way. Yeah, we're about to be at Jeez. Ruby Tuesdays okay. uh, in Fairfax Circle. If anyone would like to come and join us, you'd certainly be welcome at the table. And I wanted to say what the mind card had in common for all of those people mm -hmm. is that uh, we human beings don't begin to recognize the enormous power that we have. And a word for that enormous power is decision. And I would propose that we could do a show on deciding without doubting because mm -hmm. every, everyone there was saying exactly the same thing. This is happening. Is this happening? This is happening. Is this happening? And to just decide 
and then just allow because that's uh, this is what's going on it's, it's a human thing it is the way we've been taught to think because we were never taught to think you decide it and then it happens well and that, that's it, the that way really it works. is i know we're down to our last minute and that is yeah. a good conversation so we will um continue that at, at some, some point, point. Um, Neville and I are also each going to do live streaming shows from the internet and I'm going to do one where it's all readings so that you can call in and we'll go into a little more in-depth readings and, um, and I'm going to do one uh, healing through tapping and you're going to do yours so please do watch for the schedule because we'll be broadcasting those and you can watch yeah. online and call in for some real assistance. Mm-hmm. That's and, what uh, we do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, it, it really is about, I love doing cards and doing intuitive divination types things because it helps you to see the trajectory of what's going on so that you oh, can yeah, use absolutely. your power of decision to make yeah. make that up but there are times in our life where we're just not seeing clearly to make that decision and that's where these come in so mm-hmm. yeah thanks for calling yeah, in we agree yeah and it was Excellent our joy and time. honor to take you to the door and check out the website we will see you soon Thank you.